on October 20th, 1974. A powerful storm brought a significant amount of rain to the Sydney area of Cape Breton. But as is commonly the case with maritime beatdowns, it was mostly a wind event, and it left a lasting impression on many who experienced it. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, brought to you by the Royal Canadian Mint. Find the new painted dime featuring blue nose in your change. One who was there for this storm was Mr. Ken McDonald, a listener and fan of this podcast. He sent me this story from his perspective, along with material from which to research further the details of what happened this day in weather history. First of all, thank you, Ken McDonald, for reaching out and submitting this story idea. I always appreciate it when listeners of this podcast take the time to submit a story that affected them on a particular day in their own weather history. Ken lives in Port Moran, about 30 kilometers from Sydney. He wrote a column for the Cape Breton Community Post on the occasion of the 40th anniversary of the storm we're talking about today. Now, in Ken's own words, and I'm going to quote, with typical Cape Breton humor, when I was on board the bus that afternoon heading back to university, a shed, or the remnants of it, blew across the road in front of us. The guy sitting next to me leaned over and he said, they're going to have to install the sign that says, caution, shed crossing. <laughs> Cape Bretoners, you got to understand, they're used to fierce storms. It's part of life in that windswept area of Canada where you swear that you can see forever. But these storms are not always the punchlines to maritime comedy. These storms can get downright destructive and they can be deadly as well. On October 20th of 1974, Cape Breton was beat into submission by a storm that prompted a state of emergency for the city of Sydney and the militia was required in Glace Bay. The headline of the Cape Breton Post read, it was unbelievable. Now, folks, again, this is a paper from an area in Canada that considers wicked weather um, a matter of routine. So for this to be published as, quote, unbelievable, it had to have shocked and taken everyone by surprise. As was laid bare, this was not even a hurricane. Another weather anomaly synonymous with Atlantic Canada. Yeah, this still was damaging enough to leave hundreds homeless. You're listening to This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada, reminding you to check your change for the new painted dime featuring Blue Nose from the Royal Canadian Mint. Let's now investigate the surprise that Cape Bretoners spoke of and prompted the Post to call the storm unbelievable. I'm doing air quotes a lot here, but you can't see that. Anyway, <laughs> when the rain was just getting started as a shower, this was when the wind spun up to its peak intensity gusting in from the south to the southwest into the afternoon. Environment Canada at the time reported maximum sustained winds of 56 miles per hour. That's 90 kilometers per hour with gusts that hit 85 miles per hour or 137 kilometers per hour. These winds were strong enough to blow the roof off the Woodhill School Building in Sydney, while in New Waterford, three mobile homes were swept over a cliff, and 15 more were wrecked in Sydney mines. Meanwhile, in Glace Bay, where the local militia was needed to help assist with order and safety, roofs were destroyed on six new housing units in New Aberdeen, as well as St. Anne's School. 
Glace Bay Mayor Dan Monroe escaped serious injury as he left the town hall when a powerful wind gust ripped the door from its hinges, blew it into the air, and struck him in the head. As soon as I read that, it immediately reminded me of a time when covering a tornado and a glass storm door was suddenly and abruptly blown open, and when it swung, it hit a rock, but the glass continued forward all over us. You see, gusts are just that, a sudden fierce pulse of wind that hits hard and fast, and all of a sudden, the mayor of Glace Bay could have been killed by that flying debris. Now, Ken McDonald recalls again that image of the sheds blowing across a road while he was on a bus at the time on his way to St. Effect University. He said that the wind just kept beating against the sides of the bus as it crossed the Canso Causeway. He remembers that the power was out for 24 hours for him, while others didn't get it back online for days in other parts of the industrial area. We've heard stories like this on this podcast and other stories of weather emergencies in smaller Canadian towns where local radio stations turn to emergency information centers designed for those affected. And here it was the heroism of those at CJCB Radio who remained on the air to assist and help to save lives. But sadly, no one could save them all. And this storm was ultimately responsible for at least six deaths. All right, we're coming to the close, so I'm going to let Ken have the final word here as he so eloquently opined, and I quote, every Cape Bretoner who has lived here long enough has a weather event that is etched in their memory. Very few of a certain age would ever forget the October storm of 1974. And this is where I say, this day in weather history, Thank you, Ken McDonald, for writing in with that story. Now, tomorrow is October 21st, and we pick right back up with our special October World Series weather collection of stories of games that met with the worst of the worst Mother Nature could throw at them. And we're talking about tomorrow. It was the 1997 Fall Classic when the Florida Marlins had to face Cleveland in the snow. That story is tomorrow on This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May, and brought to you by the Royal Canadian Mint. Find the new painted dime featuring blue nose in your change. See you tomorrow.